how we met. Bazario Mwanza. Sife Mwanza. We met in Dola. Yeah, at the studio. He came over to record some songs and yeah, that's how we met. How we met. Hi, this is John Mumba. Well, we met at church 2013. It's an interesting, it's an story. interesting story. How we met on Lifestyle. My name is Jeremiah Ngonomo. And I'm Emily Sarah Ngonomo. Okay, we met at a work function. It was a, like a it was like it was like an, an induction. She was my boss. Training. And I walked into the room and I saw her and I remember I was sitting next to a friend of mine and I was just like, mm, she is fine. Went through the 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 paces, taught us what we needed to learn about the work, and there was a part where we had to oh we were given a chance to ask questions. And um I intentionally started asking a lot of unnecessarily technical questions just to see if I could get under her skin and I did and she threatened to throw her shoe at me. The first thing I remember though was he's quite tall so he sat right in front and I was like there's something wrong with this guy who sits in front when they're that one obviously you know um, people at the back are short and they won't be able to see. Training went on and kept asking unnecessary questions to be honest um i think the the work was pretty straightforward there was nothing to it beyond but he really was just pushing things and so yes i did threaten <laughs> if he asked one more question i threatened to throw my boot at him to quiet him but in a in a in a <laughs> it wasn't serious I can't say love at first sight, but I did like her. Like from the moment I saw her, I really liked her. I was already attracted to her. I know this because I already told my friend that I really like her. Like I liked everything about. Her. I like how tall she was. I liked she had natural hair. I liked like how she presented herself. But what I loved the most was her presence. How she was able to fill the room and command the room and speak in a very um, strong but yet had this gentleness to her at the same time. She She's very good at um, keeping, when she speaks, she's very good at keeping people interested in what she's saying. And like, I find a very great quality about her. First of all, I was single at the time, was not looking for a relationship or anything of the sort. So for me, it was it, it was just that he was someone that we were, I guess, we're going to start working with. It wasn't, no, there was nothing there for me. Um, but we became friends during the process. And yes, I valued the friendship more than anything. We became really good friends. She became that friend that I go to even when, let's say I like a girl. She'll be the one I'll go and tell, oh, there's this girl, I like her, and yeah, we're talking, but there's this problem, oh, she said this. She would be that person I would talk to. Uh, I, I valued the friendship too. I, I considered her like a really cr close, more almost like family type of friend. Like I could trust her with anything i think she knew more about me than most people did because i was very free around her i could really just be myself and tell the truth 
her being a boss was testament to her ability and how 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 hard she has worked to get to where she was. And I really appreciated that. And I always appreciate a hardworking woman. And that doesn't take away anything from me being a man because then that just pushes me to work even harder for me to achieve what I have to achieve and be where I have to be. The mere fact that I had a plan and a vision of where I'm going to be and what I want to do with my life didn't intimidate me or threaten me. I knew where I was going. I already had a plan and I was already executing that plan. The fact that she was in a higher position in a corporate sense really didn't take anything away from who I am and who she is. For me, I felt like I would work better with her because she already, she's already on, on a path that I like. He lived in Indola at the time. So the few times he would be in Lusaka, we would try hang out and things like that. Otherwise, um, we just communicated via WhatsApp and calls. Our very first date um, was at Sticker's album launch. Um, he bought the tickets. He was, and, and I didn't go out much. So I, I didn't know what to wear. Do I dress up, not dress up? Um, he said, look, it's a date, so dress up if you want to and, and that kind of a thing. So we did. We went to the album launch and it was, it was such, we had such a great time. It was nice because it was, um, first of all, we were around pe- people. So it didn't, the pressure was off to kind of, you know, be your best self and all of those things. Afterwards, we went to dinner, which he paid for, and then he put me in a cab back home. So that was sweet. It was it was it was very nice to see him in a different light. I think it was I thought it was going to be weird because we were friends and we knew each other, but there was there was an ease about I guess now taking the relationship to in a different direction, so to speak. <laughs> it was it was a struggle because when you know a person for a while and you've heard them speak about um proposals or you've seen what kind of proposal that they want and their idea of what kind of ring that they want and everything and you're looking at yourself and you're like "Mm, what do I and that's the thing now there's this need for your proposal to be overly romantic or just over the top or just like a brand new idea of something that no one has tried but like over time I realized that the proposal doesn't quite matter as much as the actual life that follows after the proposal so as much as that was important I remember um I had no clue what I was going to do for the proposal. Then my uncle, my young uncle, and his friend said they were driving to Zichirundu. Mm, a lodge. Uh, there was a lodge near that side. It was a really, really beautiful place. It's like in the bush, by the river. Really, really beautiful place. So I decided to take advantage of that situation. So when we went, he didn't have anyone to drive him there. They wanted to go there. They wanted actually to go camping. But they wanted to check out the place before they could go camping. So we drove them there. When we got there, it was a really beautiful setting, nice um, camping site. Over, like it's uh, on a hill overseeing the, the river. And you can literally see how the river meanders around the hill. And it's like properly set. And that's where I asked her, which is funny. You, you know how you see all these proposals of people crying and... Oh no, there was nothing like that. Nothing. Okay, at first, <laughs> at first, I, this is where she was my friend, friend, like my really good friend. And all of a sudden, I was in a position where my intentions towards her changed and I had to cross that line. And it was a very scary thing because there are two things that could happen. Either she says yes or she says no. No one wants to be rejected. No one wants to hear the no come out of the person that they have 
falling so madly in love with. So I asked myself for a long time. I didn't say anything. I just I kept being her friend. I I would write her poetry. I would, and I would hint as much as I could. But every time she would get, let's say, the poetry that I wrote her, she'd be like, "Oh, this is so sweet. Thank you for saying." But you could tell she's 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 accepting it from a friend perspective rather than from. And I was trying to push that agenda, so to speak. And in in trying to do that, um, I remember I just started praying about it a lot. Like I really, really prayed about it and prayed about it. And I asked God, I was like, "Okay, is this the person I'm supposed to be with? What happens after this? Am I?" Am I wishing this happens this way just because I want it? And I remember praying about it and asking God, if this is not the person I'm supposed to be with, please do not wait. Do not let me waste her time and mine. Let it be as clear as possible that we're just supposed to be just friends and it ends there. I don't want to waste time trying to pursue a relationship that will not bring um, any fruitfulness out of it in the end. I don't want uh, to pursue a relationship where we both end up hurt and both end up spiteful and bitter because it's something that I shouldn't have pursued in the first place. After praying about it for a while, I knew f- I knew God was very clear about it. Like, if you want to go for it, go for it. Like, this, this will work out for you, for your good. But I was still too scared to say anything. So I sent a text. She was not happy about it. <laughs> the thing is, she had sort of had a Let guy... Me, can I interrupt you here? Okay. I remember how that conversation went. We were chatting. I think I had seen a meme on on social media somewhere, and it talked about how you know if you have a crush and you send that particular crush a message, and they said, "Well, this could be our grandkids," you know, as in like they'll be friends, but not in a sense that they would be the couple that would have the kids and something like that. And so I sent it to him. I'm like, "Isn't this funny? How our kids would then be friends?" Mm-hmm type thing and he was like please don't say that and then that conversation went left very quick because we went from haha laughing about how our kids will be friends um, and then it became but you know what if I I wanted to be the person that has your kids and I, I actually remember asking where is this coming from and then he went on to just I guess just break it down yes and, and bear all and that is what really just set me off. I was so upset. I think number one, primarily I was upset. I was like, you say this on a text. And I'm like, yeah. we've had conversations about how I expect a man to step up to me. You can't send me a text. That's silly. You know, and we're adults. You should, there's a certain way you present yourself. And this is not something, this is not, hey, do you want to hang out? Let's go watch a movie. This is, oh, I have feelings good. for you. And, <laughs> Uh, I think did, I can't remember if I called him or he called, but I, I let him have it. I yeah, I remember I called you because you were, you were really upset yes. when I called you, and you just she just ripped into me. She was really really upset. So guys, never ever send it by text. <laughs> don't text. Don't do you might not survive it. <laughs> and I was like, I said to him, I, I don't care what you've said. I'm I'm going to shelve this. If you really have something to say to me, you say to me in person. Uh, this we will pretend hasn't happened. So I had to gather myself and go and say it in person. We yeah, met for lunch. That's the time I brought you flowers at work. And he was just all sweet. He brought flowers. And I was awkward. I was like, flowers. And people in the office were like, who's that guy? <laughs> and stuff like that. So I went on my lunch break, and that's how we went to lunch. And yes. And then we sat down. 
low-key, I was irritated about it. He had to make up for it and, and really just say what he needed to say and man up. In my opinion, that's all I thought about. Then I had to go, uh, we had to sit down and talk about it and I had to bear all in person. And it wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be. It was very easy for me to say it because it was true and it was, this is where I was. So I just said that, I just spoke truthfully and I told her how I felt. I told her what I wanted, what my intentions were. And she said, no. Yeah, how do we even, how do we cross You're like that a brother line? to yes, me. Yes, and I'm like, and I couldn't see beyond the the parameters of our friendship. And I was like, but why would you, and I kept asking him, why do you want to mess up the friendship? I don't think there's anything wrong. We relate well. Um, when you need advice when it comes to relationships. And I'm like, and I know your mess. I know the chicks you, you know, when it was that one, I, I'm the one even said to you, behave like this, don't do this, women don't like that. Um, and please don't embarrass me, do the right thing. You know, I encouraged him to be a gentleman along the way. And I'm like, how are you really? I think it was four times. I, you know, I said no a total of four times. Other reasons were, <laughs> you're not my type. That hurt. And that that's hurt. the thing. I, th- I think <laughs> uh, in my head, it was, he was not it. It, it, it. More so, I think the way I thought I would end up with the man that I married, it wouldn't play out like this. I didn't know what that, I just knew it wasn't this, you know. And also because the relationship that I had had, be- that I was in before, I really thought I had met the guy that I was going to get married to. And we broke when when we broke up it was it was a very terrible time for me and i think the healing took a while i went on again like i said earlier to be single for two years before he came along um at the time i was actually in namibia so when i came when i moved back home to start my life over it really wasn't part of the plan i wasn't looking to be in a relationship or anything like that i just wanted to be the best to keep growing as a person, um, growing in my relationship with God, those were my points of focus. I didn't see how we could be more than just friends. She had quite a few reasons. We can't be, we're friends, you're messing up the friendship. And there was also one time when she said, no, you dated my friend before you dated me. I don't date my friend's ex-boyfriends. Which other one? She gave me quite a few. She gave me... um, But as she gave all these reasons, I think around the third time she said no, I realized she was a very guarded person. She had been through a lot. And I realized, okay, whatever it is that I have to do, I have to prove that I am different from whatever she has experienced before. And the truth is, because I am a man... I, I I already in her head identify as one of the people or a possibility of hurt True. because she had already been through that. And she also dated a man who seemed like a very good Christian, well put together, had a great vision and was going the right direction, which sounded... So I sounded like the, the last person. There wasn't much of a difference. So I had to prove that I was different in my intentions and my actions and everything that followed that. So it, it it's I think it's between the fourth time she said no and when she actually said yes that I realized it's it's more about what I do than what I say. I can tell her a thousand times that I love her and my intentions are good and clear, but in the end it is does it translate into my actions? And if it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much I say it, she will still see a possibility of her being in the same place, of being broken by another person she trusted. 
So that had to change. That entire dynamic had to completely change. My approach had to change. So I changed. So I, I was no longer asking her out. I was no longer trying to get her. I just decided if my words can do it, then my actions will. So I just I was there for her. I would constantly communicate with her. Without this is the best way I can put it. Without her saying yes, I took it as she's already said yes. Now this is how I should act. After that, I just took it as we're already together. So now I should act like we're together. <laughs> By faith, I'm taking this on, and this is how I'm going to act. I will call her. I will text her. I'll make sure everything she needs. She needs is if she needs me to be there, I'm there. If she, if, if if anything, if I have to drop something to go and do something for her, I'll do it. If, I remember I was working in McKinney and she stayed in Chalala. I'd go to work, knock off work at five, jump on buses all the way to Chalala, and then I stayed in Thorn Park. Then I had to jump on buses all the way back to Thorn Park. And I was just like, I don't, I don't care what it costs. If this is the person I really want to spend the rest of my life with, she should be worth it. So I will, I will sacrifice what I have to, to, to get what I want. Like actions, you know what they tell you? Actions speak louder than words. It's sure. true. Even when she said yes, I didn't ask her a fifth time. She just came and told me, okay, yeah, let's do it. My, my greatest issues at the time were trust and consistency. Can I trust you? And will you say what it is? Will your actions match up to what it is that you're saying? And he was true to his word. I actually thought we had a conversation around, okay, so now that you've said this and I'm not at that place where you are, do we stop talking? He's like, nah, I think we're still good friends and I don't think that should change. And so in that time, I I think when he said what he did, I noticed something about, I'm like, that's pretty mature, you know, to, I guess, put your feelings aside and let's just, let's just carry on as, as things were. And I really started to ask myself the question, why isn't he good enough in your books? Um, and I tried, and I said to myself, Emily, Sarah, come up with three good reasons. And I couldn't come up with one. So all the little things that I had said before were reasons why we couldn't actually just looked insignificant. They weren't valid reasons, so to speak. It, it, it was things out of, okay, this is how I feel or this is what I've been through. Therefore, it, there was no truth um, founded on it. And so I just let things be. I, I, I let him, I gave him the room, I guess, to, to show up um, in my life. I, I didn't, we didn't have conversations that explicitly talked about, okay, this is what I expect. No, I, I think I just was vulnerable enough to just open myself up to the possibility of what that could be. And so the change of heart happened with that. When I decided that, okay, there's no good reason really. And then I started to notice things about him. God, he's so tall. I like tall guys. <laughs> I know it sounds silly now, but it's 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 small things like that. And then I noticed the color of his eyes, which I didn't. He he's got brown eyes, but not brown eyes like the rest of us. He he's a lighter. And I was like, do you know you have you know when they say brown eyes on your passport when it reads brown eyes, yours are actually brown. The rest of us, uh, uh-uh, it's it's a lot darker. So I started to see small things about him physically, or even just how he is as a person. I noticed how patient he was. Jeremiah is such a patient human being. I learn every day now that we're married what it what it's like to just, and also because he was patient with me, I valued that about him, that he didn't try to rush me or he didn't try to impose a relationship on me. He let me be me. And with that, I saw, you know, those qualities and how he just loves. He's, 
he's quirky in his love, but I, I, appre- I began to appreciate in that light as a possibility for a life partner. We actually call each other purpose partners and, and all of those things. I was there on one knee trying to make a speech in my head so I can say, I'm there, I'm just trying to put away. She's just like, ah, just hurry up and put it down. I was just like, you have just killed the moment. Like, but it was great. It was great. One thing I loved about our proposal was it was on um, March the 31st. And I remember posting the pictures around late at night. I think it was in 22. So most of, the, most of my friends only saw the pictures on April 1st. So everyone assumed it was an April Fool's Day. <laughs> Until we started talking about the wedding. And then they also thought it was part of the joke. Like, oh yeah, just let it go. But yeah, that, the proposal was, I, I think one of the reasons it was like that was because we had already settled that we were going to get married. And also, he had already paid Lobola. So, and that's the thing. Couldn't, yeah, that he we, couldn't put a I ring. I couldn't put a ring on her without. So that took away that, the surprise factor, yes. so to speak. That was taken away. So when I gave her the ring, it was just, yeah. <laughs> Although I have said that we need to do, um, renew our vows and he can go all out now. Because I guess for both of us, we didn't get that whole, you know. He yeah. did all of this, this grand gesture of, of love and, yeah. My parents passed away a while ago, so I have grandparents um, that are in Chilenje, and that's where all of... And it happened in all... in an afternoon, really. Yeah, it just one long. afternoon. It didn't take long. At all. They were very understanding. It was an exorbitant fee no. that they asked for. Um, I come from a family that's not very traditional, so we adhere to the tradition that we found. We had to pay the water, so okay, cool. Let's pay for that, and we did. There was no chilanga murido, matevito, anything, no, none no, of that. We, we went, didn't even do it. We went straight into the wedding. The dress he had kind, he had a dream about. So I was like, I didn't know what what kind of dress I wanted. I went, I I love Pinterest. So for all my <laughs> Pinterest people out there, it's a great so app. Many yes, ideas. and and because it, it became. <laughs> quite overwhelming to choose one thing so he i think we were on the phone one morning and he said oh i had a dream you know you're walking down the i said please do you remember the detail of the dress draw it send it to me send me a picture let's that's the dress we're going to go for and so the final dress wasn't really exactly what it was but it had the the idea of what he had seen pretty much planned the wedding together with help from a few friends but we were very much at the forefront of what we were going to do. Um, we had family come in at, as well at the end with, they wanted a big thing. We were fine with 50 people. Uh, life right now is not the cheapest. Being dead in your marriage and fighting all the time over money. Money is already one of the biggest reasons most marriages are ending right now. So yeah. like, let's not stand start on that foundation of having money problems and then rushing into marriage counseling two months after Absolutely. getting married because of money. So we decided let's make it as small as possible. We reached the point where we're like, if we have to, we'll cancel this whole wedding. We just tell you there's a restaurant where we're going to go after church. Yeah. Come, buy your own food, celebrate with us if you want. If you don't want, don't come. For us, the aim is to start a life together. It's not to ha- impress you with what will happen at the mm. wedding. And people came in, like, from nowhere. I remember two weeks before the wedding, we were, we were on the verge of deciding we're not going to have a wedding. We're just going to go to church. And, and people just came in from my side of the family, her side of the family. We just put money together, and this whole thing just... 
It was it, it was beautiful. For I, in fact, I need to make this shout out. My wedding dress was um, was a be- bespoke one. Um, the lovely Chisoma Lombeo, Chizo made my dress, and she's she's such a she's like a big sister to me. So I, even just the process, we talked about the details and everything. I didn't want a veil. She got upset. You can't not have a veil. I, I wanted a birdcage. I wanted like a, a fascinator. She says, "That's not how we do it." So <laughs> she insisted on it. I said, "Okay, if you want the veil, you make it." So she she made the veil as well. Um, we got married at. Um, my friend's parents' home in Lusaka was a beautiful place, um, the Kabayes. And walking down the aisle, it was really calm. I had my two cousins, um, young boys, walk me to my aunts. So they stood, so the youngest one um, walked to his older brother, and the older one walked me to my two aunts, who walked me to him. Just um, my maid of honor and his best, best man. man. That's it. He didn't oh. cry. <laughs> And we talked She's about it. She's still upset about cry. that. She wanted me to cry. I was too happy <laughs> to cry. I had the biggest smile on my face. One of the things that kind of used to bug me is every time I'd go to a wedding, the bride and groom would look upset. Just like they're not happy with what's happening or something's gone wrong. <laughs> and I'd always say, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be the guy. And I remember that morning, the first phone call I got was from my mom. And she was shouting, asking me where the flowers were. I'm like, I'm not the florist. <laughs> I don't know where the flowers are. No, I put flowers there. Oh, ah. it was my ro- um I I wanted um rose petals on the aisle. Silk rose petals. So, she had she had bought the silk rose petals that needed to go on the aisle. The next phone call I got was from her. Where are the flowers? I'm like, guys, that's not my business. The only thing I'm concerned about is getting my hair cut, getting dressed and go and after that, I cut the line. I remember the last phone call, I cut the line. And I just decided, I gave my phone to my best man. I was like, I am not receiving any phone calls. I don't care who it is. And I, I purposed it within myself to be happy for my day. And I decided I'm going to be happy no matter what. For me, my day would have ended from the point where we said I do unsigned. That would have been my Standing uh, at the altar, and she was she was she was being brought. I had this huge smile on my face. Even if you even if you check the photos, I'm smiling the whole time. Like I, I just have this huge smile on my face. Because for me, it was a combination of so many things that had happened to come to that day and one of the reasons I was so happy was realizing I'm going to start a life with a person who I completely love and cherish and I'm just so glad that I will be able to be in her life and she'll be able to be in mine and we'll be able to help each other achieve the things that God put us here on earth for to be able to aim for the things that have been purposed for us together I remember that just before I asked out I was in a, in another re- like before her I was in another relationship and that relationship kind of made me question a lot of things about myself which happens with, with a lot of relationships when they break down you start to ask yourself am I good enough did I do something wrong what what, what can I change what can I do better I, I never wanted to look at it as she did this so it's her fault I, I always want to look at it as what could I have uh, what could I have done different to facilitate her being able to work better in this relationship and I realized 
sometimes it doesn't matter who you are with or how good you are. If the person is just not the right person to work with you for a particular goal or your goals or aims are not the same, you will most likely end up in different places because you're already going in different directions. So for me to find a person who was headed the same direction as I was, that was, for me, it. I was like, this is it. We're going the same direction. We have the same visions in life. And we're both aiming to change certain things about ourselves and better ourselves so we could work together on that. And that, for me, was the reason I had the biggest smile on my face. And up to today, people still ask me, like, so how are you guys doing? How's, how's my life? And I always say the same thing. It's great. It's not easy, but it's great. I love it. I love being around her. I love how, in the time we've been married, I've become a better person. Like, there's a day I sat down and realized with her around, I've become a better person by force. Like, almost, I didn't have the choice but to do better and be better at certain things because now I have a wife who has a certain expectation of me. So now I have a certain expectation of myself because of that. I appreciate that every morning he lays his hand on me and he prays over me. Every single morning. And usually at night as well. But that's, that's the first thing he does before he does anything else is that he speaks to me and he speaks into me. So I always, I always, um, I, I, I joke with him and I say, you're my personal papa. <laughs> and I've said, I hope the Pentecostals don't come for me for saying that. But yes, I, I value that about him. I, I value that he's my covering as well. I appreciate the fact that even when I might make, in fact, I have someone that I can be accountable to that we talk about the things that I'm thinking about or if I've had a bad day. He's one to say, baby, you're overdoing it. I don't, that's not even all of that. I think you need to take a step back. Um, I think there was a day that someone had accused me of something and I was so, I remember being so upset about it. And he said to me, but maybe they had a bad day. And maybe the fact that this is happening is not necessarily because of you, but something has happened and therefore um, th they've taken this the wrong way and now they're lashing out. It's not even on you. And I'm thinking, who even thinks like that? <laughs> I want to be upset. I'm upset. Let me be upset so that I can vent. And, and But he's not. He really does keep me grounded as well. I have someone to be silly with. It's important to have fun. Life is short. Um, and just be you. And he also pushes me. Um, there are things that I, I might say I, I can't do. And there are times I'm like, this comes so easy to you. You know, you, you've been to Bible school. And he says, there's nothing I can do that you can't do. So he really pushes me as well to be the best possible version of myself. And he celebrates me as a wife because both of us have never been here before. Um, so we take every single day as it comes, um, speaking life into our marriage, speaking life into even just the people around us and wanting to be a part of other people's lives. Not just It's not just about Emily, Sarah, and Jeremiah, but what is our impact on the world, on Zambia, on our family and our community? She's beautiful. <laughs> to start with, she's she's a really beautiful woman. I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate how organized she is. Like, I'm not a very organized person when it comes to like just daily organizing your life, your to do list, what not to do, and whatnot. She's always on my case. Have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? And sometimes I find it irritating, but it's very <laughs> necessary. So I, I love that she's there and I'm actually becoming better at it. Yes, you are. I'm actually becoming better at it. Now she'll be like, have you done this? Yes. Have you done this? Yes. Have you done this? I've done everything. Now I can literally say that now, but before I couldn't. And I love how I'm I'm growing more to be like 
there are things that I can speak into her life that make her better. There are things that she speaks into my life that make me better. We, we, we have found a place where we have a synergy, so to speak. And I appreciate that so much because so many people just don't have it. I, I, I appreciate that she's always willing to talk about everything. I appreciate that she is quite logical, although sometimes that's not true, but she's quite logical. <laughs> and, and she's very willing to listen and talk, and that's a beautiful thing, because as long as the communication is constant in a relationship, the chances of it growing are always exponential and great. But once the communication starts to die, that's a problem. I love that she is a safe place for me to go and talk. It's a safe place for me to be honest about where I am, whether I feel angry or weak or I feel tired. She's a place I can go to and just rest and find peace. And yeah, she's my clown too. <laughs> just yeah. She she's always been my number one cheerleader. She's always been my support system and I appreciate that so much. It means a lot. Oh no, we talk. They, we have I think we have an, an unwritten rule. We talk. Like if you if you wake up and you are feeling some type some type of way and you're angry, we are, I'll give you some space, an hour, two hours, but we're coming back to talk about it. We have to because we have to talk about it. And the more we've done this, the more the better we've become at it. Now we we even arguments are not as argumentative as you expect them to be. The minute we start talking, it's like we both calm down. Like okay, now let me listen to my to my friend. And I also love that we give each other time to listen to what the other person is actually saying without just dismissing it, which is the common trait in arguments. You will dismiss the other person's answer before they even finish talking, and that's terrible. So we, we listen, no matter how bad it might sound or how terrible it might seem, like, really, that's what you're thinking? I would rather sit down and listen and try and see it from her point of view. And in times when I do not understand or I cannot see it from her point of view, I would just say, okay, I don't quite have a proper understanding of what you're trying to say. But, okay, let's, let's talk about it. Please explain. Let me understand. I like that he went first, babe, high five, to, to the growing. Because Jeremiah's version of an apology is, I'm sorry, before. So the fact that he, he says all of this means he doesn't even identify with how he used to be before. Um, for me... He, Saying I am sorry is not enough. I need to know why you're sorry. Um, you need to. You, I need to know that you acknowledge where you went wrong, and also going a step further to say how can I make it better or how can I do better, because sometimes his version of doing better might not be to my satisfaction. I might want him to maybe go an extra mile, and so in the beginning that was just like, but why is that just not enough? And I said, but how do I know? that you're genuinely sorry and that you, you, you understand that you either hurt my feelings or that you were wrong. So we're doing better in that regard. And I think the other thing that with me, for him, that he found quite defensive was I'm the type of, I think I, I, I have already computed where you went wrong. So I will ask why this, da 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 da, in one breath. And he doesn't know where to start trying to, okay, explain himself. So now I'm also learning to take one question at a time. This happened. I didn't like this, then this, and this is how you made me feel. And he responds to that, and okay, okay, and this also. And then he responds, giving him the chance to, um, I guess, really get into what it is we're trying to resolve and resolving it successfully. A lot of the time before he would, his tone of I'm sorry sounded, um, what's the word? Condescending? Yes, and also like he just wanted to pacify me. And I'm like, you just said that so this could end. 
No, but I'm really, I'm like, no, your tone wasn't right. And I would go into all the non-verbals and the verbal cues and how this is not a valid sorry and all of those things. But we definitely are getting better. I think one of the things that has also been a plus for us is that soon after getting married, there were um, environments, there were conferences, marriage conferences that happened. So we were able to hear other people's experiences. And so now we have foresight, so to speak, and know how to do certain things, pick up on the things that have worked for others that now they discovered 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line. But we're implementing under one year into it. So that really does help. And we we do obviously submit ourselves to those environments. And, and having people that have gone, couples that we can be accountable to or be open with about where we're at and just hearing and seeing how they interact and picking up on the good qualities in their marriages. I will say what Jay said to me when we first, um, when we were going to take the step to become a couple um, and be married. He said to me, number one, I am the last man you will ever say yes to. And also there's no divorce. So we don't have that word in our vocabulary. Whatever, it, And so I also needed to come to the place that I could see myself with this one man until I die. So the thing is, the only way we're breaking up is one of us is dying and that's not happening. So for me, I mean, yes, we're young in our marriage, but my, my stance is if you're willing, you have to be willing, both of you, to want to stay the course. And the moment that that willingness is there, there's, there's, you will discover or you will find ways to get through whatever that storm is. So don't give up and, and don't even think that separating is the answer or divorcing is the answer. However, I must qualify that certain situations might call for that. If let's say you're in an abusive marriage, that's a different story altogether. But if it's, you know, other or lesser issues, so to speak, and get help. I think sometimes we wait till um, it's too late or you're so far gone. Um, and one of the things they tell you sometimes, I think as well in, in your premarital counseling is you need to be able to resolve things amongst yourself. And now it becomes difficult when in your early years, to decide which is a small issue, medium, or big issue that requires external intervention. But the honest thing is just be open from jump. Yes, and for us, it has been the, the, the two couples that we've, we, we have from church that we speak to regularly. And so we can now assess, and, and even just through conversation, they, they intervene in a way and kind of just keep us steering in the right direction. As a man, you have to make the resolve that you are going to stick to it and you're going to fight for what you believe is someone who's going to be there for the rest of your life. Which means sometimes you're going to have to fight her, sometimes you're going to fight for her. But in the end, you're fighting for that relationship to survive. And as a man, you have to I intentionally make the choice to fight for it and work for it at the same time. There is no relationship that works without you actually wanting it to work. Um, marriage is not accidental, neither are relationships. Someone has to make a proposal and someone has to accept it. But after that, someone has to sustain it. Because you made the proposal as a man, it is basically on you to sustain it. It's basically on you to work very hard, which means, you know, it means basically you have to continue working on yourself. 
you have to continue improving you have to be a person who's worth following all the time because you're you're basically asking someone to follow you so you have to be worth following worth submitting to worth loving with you have to be worth it so if if a woman sees that you're not worth it then you're not putting in as much as you're supposed to be putting in so put in put your best foot forward always believe that you can do better always work on you becoming better never ever stop always learn always grow always be and always just learn to be patient it's not easy it's not going to work out overnight we just spoke about how i was denied four times and i kept going i kept doing the same thing i wasn't forceful i would forcing something doesn't make doesn't mean it will work you can force a person into a relationship it doesn't mean they actually want to be in that relationship but you have to be patient enough to believe in yourself to believe what to believe in the deposit that is in you and developing that deposit that God has put in you it's in developing that that you become a better person a better husband and a better partner in a relationship so it's a lot of work i always say this and i'll keep saying it marriage is not for children if you if you feel like you're not mature enough to be in one don't even think about it it's better to break up with someone than to divorce someone so you're better off breaking up with a person than going all the way and getting divorced afterwards But if you're willing to and you're willing to put in the work if you're willing go for it and don't half step into it like jump into it wholeheartedly never ever see an end for me I told my wife there's no such thing as divorce ever when I jumped into it I even I told myself constantly there is no end to this there is no break for this we're not even going to do all we are separate that's never going to happen whatever I have to do I will do it if I have to work on myself which is most of the time then I will If I, if if it's she has to work on on herself I'm there I will be there to help her in whatever way that I can for her to become a better person and she does the same thing for me and that for me is what really sustains a marriage and not just sustains it lets it thrive the, the reason why we're even able to be aware of how we're growing is because of our personal relationships with God it's not I'm doing this he's doing that is that we have God at the center of our marriage and everything that we do is based on 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 what the word of God says. So even the few times that Jeremiah may have said something and I was upset about what he said instead of me lashing out there are times that I'm quiet and I go and pray about it and the Holy Spirit will lead me or guide me. I think there was a time I actually remember he had sat, done something one more I can't even, and that's how good it is when you forget He had done something and I was upset about it and I needed to make cook lunch but I didn't want to cook lunch. And I remember hearing the Holy Spirit say, "Go and cook lunch and serve your husband." Now, if I'm not submitted to God first and foremost, I wouldn't even be able to get to that to even be able to hear God speak to me like that. And I did. And he was sitting in the living room, we were not talking to each other <laughs> at that point, but I went into the kitchen and I cooked. and I, I I served him his food and I knelt down before him and I gave him his food and he looked shocked that was weird but I was I was being obedient to the instruction that I heard and that in itself had broken the ice to whatever it was and then we were able to talk about what happened and we were resolved and like I said I can't even remember what happened that day but I remember that that's what it was so it's important to to really be submitted to to God first um before we even can be able to do it to each other and and make it work How we met. Bazario Mwanza. Sifemwanza. We met in Dola. In Dola. 
Yeah, at the studio. He came over to record some songs and yeah, that's how we met. How we met. Hi, this is John Mumba. Chilesha Walia Mumba. Well, we met at church 2013. It's an interesting story. How we met on Lifestyle. Tune in to Lifestyle next week and get to hear more interesting stories on how we met. Don't you got me saying